And all God's people said, Amen. living he loved me, dying he saved me. Amen. And buried he carried my sins all away. And that's the great, that's the great message that we have. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, God is so good. God is so great and so thankful for him. Take your Bibles this morning. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And um, we just look forward to all that God has for us in the coming days. Um, as Mike mentioned, we're going to have our, our missions conference. Typically, we'd have a conference here. We'd have missionaries come into the church. You'd get to meet the missionaries. But uh, this year, um, because of the pandemic, because of just the, you know, the missionaries typically would travel in from different parts of the country, we're just going to have them on video just like we had this special music on video, um, but they will become our missionaries. We look forward to taking on three new missionary families. Um, last year we gave about $70,000 to missions from this church. That's over and above the tithes that people give here. We do what's called Faith Promise Missions. You make a, a promise by faith to give to missions. And so we give our tithe. When we give the tithe, uh, that gives us, when you give a tithe to the church, and I give my tithe, I get this building. We pay for the electric bill. We pay for air conditioning. How many of you love air conditioning? I love air conditioning. Well, what, now we don't need it, but um, heat. We get all this property, a beautiful piece of property, a beautiful place to come and worship in Banning, California. When we give to missions, that goes to other people that goes to places around the world, that provides for people a church. That provides for people in different parts of the world a pastor. It's not, we're not getting anything from that. We're giving it to them. They're getting the pastor. They're getting the gospel. So it's, it's truly others giving when we give to missions. And we'll be talking about that this month. And we look forward to taking on these new missionaries. We support now 65 plus missionaries or missionary agencies. Typically, we give them $100 a month. That's what we would give a missionary. And they would go out. If they need $3,000 a month, they'll hopefully get 30 churches. Some of them live in different parts of the world that's real expensive to live. They get more money to support so that they can live, have their ministry, start a church and so on, but we, we partner with them. And it's exciting to partner with people that are called of God, are willing to leave America, leave, leave the country where everybody wants to move and be a part of. And because of the, just the blessings that America allows people to have and the opportunities to make a good living, buy a house, buy a, have a Fam, raise your family here. Missionaries leave the comforts of home, the air conditioning sometime, and they go to another place. We traveled to India to see Brother Joseph Garikapati. Laura and I went to India. And uh, Brother Bob, um, Donna Raymond, but Bob Raymond. And we, they... The kids slept on the floor, on a cement floor. 
it was so hot in the buildings, they came out, they slept in the courtyard. They have like, uh, they have a school of 500. They have 50 children there that are orphans that live there in India on their compound. Now, I was in an air-conditioned building. I looked out the window, and I saw them sleeping on the ground. They had a revival service there that week we were there. They bust in these people. When I say bust them in, they came in in dump trucks, you know, like a big dump truck. They were standing in the back of the truck. The truck is full of people. They went, sent these trucks out to villages in India, and they brought them into the compound. For three days, those people stayed there. And in a compound, it was just a wall, like we have a wall around our property here. There's walls all the way around. It maybe goes back probably to the fellowship hall, the back of the fellowship hall, across the parking lot to the front. It's a walled area, and it's secured. You have security fence around it. And all of those people that came, there must have been maybe a, a couple thousand, they just slept on the ground. During the week, they had, a, they had like a pad. And we have the services. They fed all of them. And then the people would just sleep on the ground on a little pad till the next day. And we have these services. And uh, just a wonderful thing. But, you know, I, it just made me think about how blessed we are. We have revival services here. We go home to our beds. We, we have a guest speaker come in. We stay at home. We're home. We're comfortable. We come in, and that's what missions is like, though. You understand, many of the missionaries that we support, the people sleep in houses with no windows. They don't have windows. They don't have the comforts that we have. It's hot. And, uh, but yet we have people that are willing, of a willing heart to leave America and go and help take the gospel to these places. And it's just wonderful You'll get to, you won't get to meet these missionaries in person, but you'll get to meet them on, online. And uh, one day maybe they'll be able to come here when the pandemic lifts and, and uh, things get better when it comes to travel. So we're excited about what God is doing. We're excited that in 2020, really our missions giving was pretty much on budget. Even though, you know, in a... It's hard to believe that in a church service, we don't pass an offering plate. We don't pass an offering plate here now. That's probably the first time, that they probably would vote me out if they knew after 17 years the pastor would quit taking offerings, you know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But we don't. We just leave an offering plate in the back. People put their offerings in. They can mail them into the church or they put them, give them online. And our, our giving was over budget this year. Can you believe that? What does that mean? We had more money come in than, than, we, than our budget meant to spend. And uh, same thing with missions. Um, and so people are giving, though people are not getting. You know, the church, the church we have a calendar here for the new year all these different events. You can get one of these after. Our theme for the year is Consider Christ. We're going to talk about that this morning in the message. And all of these events here for the church, now many of these events may not actually happen because of the pandemic. But all these are planned for you to grow in your, your knowledge, to get to know each other. 
Right now, we can't even say hi because of the pandemic, right? It's hard. You got a mask on. We got new people coming here. We're not getting to know them because we can't really fellowship with them. It's difficult for the church because the church is all about fellowship. The church is about relationships, you know. And uh, but you'll get one of these calendars after after the service. You look that over, and uh, these are the events that are going to happen in this church this year. And then we have a whole school calendar that's got probably as many just as many events on it as this. <clears throat> and so this is a. This is a happening place. What does that mean? We're, we're reaching people. We're helping people. We're, we're planning activities for people to come together and gather around this precious, precious book called the Bible. This guides us. This book right here. This is the Holy Bible. This is God's Word. The Bible speaks of itself. It says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Um, just like you drive your car, you have headlights on your car. You can see so far down the road. You follow those headlights. The Word of God, God allows us to see so far. He tells us what to do. If you have children, children are obey their parents. Honor your mother and father, that, that thy days may be long. Uh, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So marriage is about love. The husband loving the wife, the wife loving the husband. You get married so you can give your life and your heart and your love to, the, to your mate. You don't, get, you don't get married so you can somehow have something. Uh, you know, you get that in return, but that's not the purpose of marriage. You love somebody and you want to take care of them. They don't have to worry about anything. As a man, you're going to take care of them. And uh, single moms, they have to do that. Sometimes we have single parents. They have, to, they have to take that role on. And the children have all their needs met by their parents. And the parents represent God. You're teaching your children about God when you take care of your children. You give them what they need. You give them the food they need. You give them a place to sleep. You give them transportation to school and all the other activities. You do that for your kids. You provide everything. And that's a beautiful picture of how God provides for us. He takes care of us. Now, we're looking at 2021. And, and I don't think I'm really being a, a, a prophet here, but I got to tell you, I believe 2021 is going to be worse than 220. It is. The pandemic's not going away. We have more people with the coronavirus now in our church than we have had since it started. Or they're getting over it. You know what I'm saying? This, uh, we have people in the auditorium here right now that have had the pandemic over the last month. They're over it. But others are going to get it. And uh, we protect ourselves. We social distance. But, I mean, there's a chance you're going to get the pandemic. But the, the real issue is going to be we're not opening up. Businesses are closing. People are losing their jobs. Restaurants are closing down. And so it's just, I'm just telling you, it's not going to be easy. But God is going to see you through. God's going to see you through. 
We live for God. We live for Jesus. We set the pace. So when we think about life, we think about our lives. It's not just exactly the way we want it right now. We all have burdens and difficulties to face. And as we enter into this new year, the bad news is it's going to be more difficult. The good news is God can meet every need. It's not too difficult for God. And so we're to enter into the new year with, with a great anticipation of the blessings and power of God. The Bible says here in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, in verse number 3, it says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. And so this morning is we're to consider Christ. That's what it's talking about here. Consider Him that endured such contradiction, such difficulty. Jesus paid it all. He paid for my sins. That song said it all. Living He loved me, dying He saved me. So when we live our lives in 2021, our theme is consider Christ. Consider Him. When we get weary in this race, consider Him. When, we faith, uh, when our faith runs out, we need to think uh, about God. He hasn't turned His back on us. He's still in control. God is still going to take care of us. And we need to look to Jesus. If you look back at the passage here, it says, Wherefore, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing also we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. And let us run the race with patience. The race that is set before us. Now, what that's talking about there in, in verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, you look back in chapter 11, you have great people of the Old Testament listed. You have Enoch who walked with God and was translated. Uh, you have uh, Abel who gave, by God's grace, the right sacrifice, a more excellent sacrifice. You have Noah, who built the ark. You have Abraham, who was, was called to go out into a place uh, for an inheritance, and obeyed and went out, not knowing whether he went. Can you imagine telling your wife, hey, honey, we're moving. Well, I don't, where were we going, Abraham? I'm not sure. Where are we going to live? I'm not sure. We're just going. God told me to go. Abraham went by faith. So these are all people in chapter 11, as we go into chapter 12, that have lived and died, but they lived by faith, and God blessed their lives, and God took care of them. And so, because God took care of them, as we study the Bible, and as that, that encourages us that God will take care of us today. He's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of your family. God has a plan for your family. God has a plan for each and every one of us. In 2021, God is going to work out that plan, no matter what it is. And so we're to look at Him. Consider Him. Consider Christ. That's our theme for the new year. In all that we do, consider Christ. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse 10, 
um, as we think about eternity. The Bible says, who died for us, talking about Jesus, that whether we wake or sleep, whether we live or die, we should live together with him. In the first service, Lois Knox was here. Her husband, Charlie, passed away this week. And uh, uh, she, she said, Pastor, my heart aches, but I know I'll be with him again. I know I'm going to see him again. He's, she said, she's with, he's with Becky today. He's with Becky. And that's the truth. Gracie Johnson's dad died this morning. She, I just got the text just before the service. So he's in heaven now with his wife. Though, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. We, we have Jesus. We have victory. We know, we know what the Bible says. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, the Bible says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. It's not me living this life, but Christ liveth in me. March 12, 1972, I became a Christian. I was born again. Jesus came into my life. So I don't live, He lives. That's the goal. I'm to look more like Jesus the older I get. I'm to act like Jesus. What would Jesus do? How would Jesus behave? And so we're growing in our faith. We're becoming more like God. We're more like Jesus. We're never going to be perfect, but because He was perfect, we can be perfected. We're never going to be perfect till we get to heaven. But Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So I live this life in the flesh. I'm here in Banning, California in 2021. As I launch out and you launch out, we need to consider Christ and we need to consider Him that endured. I live in the flesh, so I'm enduring some things. Living in the flesh of this world is not easy. We're facing a lot of problems. We're facing a lot of difficulties. We're facing... Uh, and so we have, to, we have to run the race with patience that God has placed before us. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, For God hath not given to, uh, unto us the spirit of fear. We're not to fear. That when we fear, that's not from God. He's, given us, he's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. That's what God has for us. That's what God gives to us. He gives us power. He gives us love, and a sound mind. When we focus upon Him, when we look to Him, when we consider Christ, and we look to Jesus Christ, what we're going to talk about today in this coming year, as we consider Christ for this race, in this race called life. That's where we gain our power, our love, and a sound mind. You see, the devil's after your mind. He wants to discourage you. He wants to dishearten you. He wants you to, to drop out of the race, to stop running. And so we're here together to pace each other. We're here together to help each other. 
I'm so thankful for our Christian day school. We're teaching those children about Jesus, about God. He loves them. I'm sad while well, we have children's church going on right now. Brother LJ's teaching about God, about Jesus, that Jesus loves them, that Jesus will take care of them, that, that Jesus will guide them, that Jesus gave his life for them. So they're getting a foundation of love. They're getting a foundation of truth that it's God and God only that takes care of us, that blesses us and guides us. I'm thankful for the Bible. The children can learn that God is in control. The children can learn. And as we learn that, church, we get a sound mind. You see, the devil attacks our mind. We get nervous. We get stressed. We endure hardship because of our mind. And so just as we look back to the great cloud of witnesses and we see their lives, they encourage us. We consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. God has given to you a sound mind through Jesus Christ. He gives you help and encouragement. Now listen, the pandemic is going to be, it's worse. It's worse for you. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I'm just tired of it. But I know it's real. I know it's difficult. I know that, uh, that it's, it's out there, and I know people have passed away from it. One of the pastors at uh, Lancaster Baptist Church, his wife just passed away last night from the coronavirus. That's a real thing. She died. She's not that old. You understand? So a lot of people have had it and, and recover from it and do well, but there's some that die. And so that's a burden to us. But this is the thing. When I know a burden... When I know somebody has a burden, um, I pray for them. Uh, you know, I remember when Tony had open heart surgery, okay? I went into the room there. I've told you this story. I, I love this story. No, I hate this story, but I love it because I go in there, and there's a little nun in there. She's about this big, tiny little lady. And Tony's in the bed, and I'm the pastor. I'm there to pray with them. And his, his wife's there, and the nun says to me, the, sis, the sister says, you should be in the bed, because I'm big, you know. He looks good, because Tony's thin, you know. I said, sister, have you ever been slapped? <laughs> no, I, no, I didn't say that, but I, I did say something to that. I don't remember what I said, but it wasn't good. I said, sister, thank you for encouraging me, you know. And that was, you're a real blessing to me, sister. And I kept calling her sister. You know, she says, you should be in the bed. You know, she's telling me I need. So, but you know what? I prayed with Charlie. Charlie. I'm thinking I got, I can't even remember people's names now. Pray for me. When, when we're talking about sound mind, I'm talking about my mind, okay? But Tony, but you know, I'm praying for Tony. I'm praying for Lois. She's heartbroken. Her husband's gone. I'm praying for Lisa Nieder. Phil Nieder has, has died. But I can't carry those burdens. You understand? What I do is this. I say, God, I go to prayer, and I say, God, 
Lisa, Lisa Nieder has lost her husband. He's 63 years old. They have 27 grandchildren. She's going to miss him. She was, he was everything to her. God, you need to help her. And you can, God. So I, I pray for her, that you would bless her and help her. You see, I leave that with God, and I lift that burden off of me, and I put, give it to God, and then I go on living. And then I come over here, and I, I pray for Lois. God, pray for Lois, you know. She, both of her and Charlie had the coronavirus. He didn't die of the coronavirus, but he had it. I don't know if he died of it. You know, he, he had a fall. He's 92, 93 years old. But she's burdened. You understand? I, we, what we do, church, is we take the burden to God. We, and we leave it there. We pray for one another, but we can't carry the burdens. If I want to carry the burden, then I want to be God. And I'm not God. I'm a human being like everybody else. And so if we're, gonna, if we're gonna not, not going to be wearied and faint in our minds, we have to trust God. We have to believe God can take care of it. And He will. He will. So we don't have to fear it. Whatever God's got, whatever's coming down the road, He's going to take care of it in 2021. I'm telling you it's not going to be an easy road, but I'm also telling you God's going to see you through. Now watch this now. As we consider Christ, and during this coming year, during today and the week to come, I want us to consider a life of faithful running. To run, you have to prepare. I was a track runner. I ran the 100-yard dash, 220-yard dash. And I, what I liked about track is that, you know, the track coach, you didn't really have a practice. He, you, you picked up your assignment to run. If you're a, 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 a sprinter, you did a mile warm-up, then you did, you might do four, 400 build-ups, three, 330 build-ups, you might do four, 220 build-ups, then you're going to do stretches, you're going to you work on, I was a hurdler, so I'd work on hurdles. You didn't work with, you didn't really practice with anybody. You practiced by yourself. You came together and you just ran in the meet. You did your, you did your events. And it's a lot like the Christian life. You see, you get your assignment every day. You have your assignment. You look at your life. So consider a life of faithful running. It, 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 you've got to prepare. Just like the track runner gets from the coach, he gets his workout. And the Bible says here, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. So you have to set aside things. The, the Bible says weights. Weights are not sinful things, but weights are things that hold us back. Hold you back from producing for God. It could be sports. I used to like sports a lot more than I, like, than I do now. You know, um, I don't watch... I watched the Seattle Seahawks because my wife loved the Seattle Seahawks, and so they lost yesterday, so my team's out of the playoffs, you know. And I feel sorry for the people in Seattle because that's all they have. It's rainy and ugly and cold. Seahawks and a cup of coffee, that's their life, you know. And uh, here, you know, you're going to go home today, you're going to pick, I got oranges in my backyard, lemons, 
I got flowers growing. We got a model. You know, we're still living. They're just like hibernating. It's like a big hibernation up there, you know. So they're all Seahawk fans. That's it. They're fans. But you see, we, we're not encumbered about by things like that. But wait a minute. You may have another hobby that you like that takes you, you're too busy with it. Too busy. You may be working on cars. I don't see anybody in here that works on cars, but I used to know people that just worked on the car all the time. You know, they just got to work on that car. And they never went to church. They never read their Bible. They were working on the car. Is there anything wrong with being a good mechanic working on the car? No. But that's just an example. Things that encumber us, they take us away from knowing God and walking with God and running our race. You see, we're heading into 2021. We, somebody's got to set the pace, and the Bible-believing Christians got to set the pace. The world's in turmoil right now. The country's in turmoil. We just have to keep doing what God's called us to do. What is that? We love God. We work hard. We fellowship. We read the Bible. We pray. We tell others about Him. We take care of our families. And we, we pray for our country. We love our country. And we just move forward by faith. And we do the job. We're not worried. We're not fretting. We're going, oh no, what are we going to do? No. What's, what's God? Listen, the attitude for us is what, look at, we get to see what God's going to do in America. We get to see what God's going to do in banning California. I don't know about you, but with the pandemic and how bad California is and how everybody's moving out, who's going to buy all these houses? Who is that in the line at in and out There's a line there all the time. Raising canes, you can raise your children before you get to the window, you know, because raising... There's a lot of people there. Who even wants to go over there? It takes a while because of traffic. Now, I don't know if they're going over there just, and they have no money, but just driving around, but somebody's got money, right? So God is... We're prospering somehow. But you and I know... No matter what, God's going to take care of us. We live in peace. I can go to bed. That's, my burden is not that, that, what am I going to do for a living or how am I going to have money? My burden is I want to help people that don't have what I have, and that's Jesus. I want to tell them about Jesus. People that are depending on their jobs and so on, and that's it. Because they worry. I don't worry about that. God will take care of us. And you know that. And so lay aside those weights and the sins that easily beset us. Um, you, you, don't want, you don't want sin to create a fear in your heart because you don't have a relationship with God. So God's not going to answer your prayers. So set, get rid of the sin so you can run your race. Don't hold on to that sin. When you sin, confess it, forsake it, and get rid of it and go on. Go on. Live for God. Be faithful. We talked about sins of omission and sins of commission on Wednesday nights. There's some sins that we do. We omit things. We omit Bible reading. We omit prayer. We omit being a witness. 
And then because we, we omit those things, we commit other sins. Sins of the flesh, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. So you can't omit prayer, Bible study, and witnessing and not be more tempted to commit sins that you shouldn't, sins of lust, sins of uh, the flesh, sins of coveting, oh, I want to have that, I'm not happy till I get that. Listen, when you get that, you will not be happy for long. i got to have a nicer car. Well, when you get the car, you know what? You want a nicer car. You get that car, that's just, that's just nature. If it wasn't that way, church, it wouldn't, you wouldn't have to pay a million dollars for 15 seconds during the Super Bowl to have an advertisement. Facebook wouldn't be worth $20 billion. They just flash a little thing up there and you have to buy it. Right? If I ever had another child, I think I would name him Amazon. I know the Amazon drivers better than anybody getting those gifts. I'm mad now because of Amazon's taking some conservatives off these different platforms. So, you know, but uh, people buying things, having things delivered to the house. I'm simply saying we don't want to get tangled up in this world, the things of this world. This one old mechanic got saved, uh, the story's told, and he, he had a problem with cussing. He still cussed all the time. And so he, the pastor came by to see him, and he was humming. And you know, he says, what, what's up? What's, he said, Pastor, you've got to pray for me. He said, what's up? He said, listen, I've, I've sang and hummed every, every gospel hymn I know, every hymn I can think of. I need more songs. Why? Because when he runs out of songs, he's going to start swearing again. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I can't hum anything. Well, repeat the same songs. You see, he got saved, but he had the old nature, and he had to clean up the nature. You see? And so we have to, we get saved, but you know what? That old nature can come back years later. You can get saved and be saved for 30 years, and something will come back and get to get you, to try to get you to fall. And so just set it aside, stay away from it, and just keep running. Just keep running for Jesus and living for God and walking with God. Listen, wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, we can be encouraged by their witness, we can be encouraged by their lives, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And so we need to run faithfully. We need to, don't need to be entangled with this world. Patience. Run with patience. That word race there means a struggle or a contest. It mean, in, in, in the English word, we, that's where we get the word agony. Agony. Listen. Sometimes life is good and sometimes the road is smooth and easy. But there are other times when it feels like you're running into things, you're running blindfolded. Again, I used to, I used to run hurdles. And to be a hurdler, you, you had to run seven, I ran 180 yards, you had to jump the hurdle. And you had to have seven steps between each hurdle. And they wanted you to jump that hurdle. They would film you. The coach would film you, and you were supposed to run, and he would film you just from the waist up. And you, you couldn't go like this when you jumped the hurdle. 
He wanted you just straight like this. You're jumping the hurdle. You can't even tell you're jumping it from the waist up. And you'd run the race, and you know what? You could win that race if you didn't trip on one of the hurdles. You got into big meets, man. You had to, and you're running against fast people, the best people in the state. You had to stay focused on the lane and watch the hurdles because when you trip, you're out of the race. And that's the way life is. You're running a race, and you got hurdles. Hours cut back at work, that's a hurdle. You get some health news. I've talked to people this week, have some, are concerned about some health, some tests they have to have run. That's a hurdle. Even before you find out the results of the test, you're, it's a worry. How am I going to run? How can I just keep running? And you don't know that I'm jumping hurdles. We do it because we stay focused. You see, to win that race, you, just, you couldn't even look at the hurdle. You had to count the steps and jump, count the steps and jump. And you're running towards the finish line. And so, that's the way you win. You stay focused on the, on the finish line. And you know the hurdles are there. When it comes, you just jump it. You just keep going. And so we've got to consider having a life of faithful running, but consider a life of focused running, looking unto Jesus. I love people. I care about people. I've had some great people in my lives that have helped me. I've had some great pastors that were men of God that loved me and took care of me and prayed for me and helped me when I was younger and I, I just got saved. And I didn't, you know, I had long hair back in those days, real long hair. And uh, that was in the days of the, it just, that's the way it was. And I needed to look a little sharper. And they helped me. They encouraged me. But you know what I had to learn is I had to learn I have to look to Jesus, not to people. I'm thankful for the people that influenced me. But most of them are dead. They're gone. I had a wonderful mom and dad. They're dead. They're not here anymore. So because their presence isn't here in my life, that doesn't mean I'm focused on Jesus and running for Him and looking to Him and following Him. And so I must consider Him and I must consider focusing on Him as I run my race. The Bible says in Isaiah 45, in verse 22, I shared this in the first, uh, the, the first service this morning. Somebody told me afterward, this is Charles Spurden's favorite verse. I didn't know that. Looking unto me, and look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. You see, we look to Jesus for our salvation. We look to God. But as we, as we run the race that is set before us, we need to keep our eyes on Him. When the hurdles come, keep your eyes on Jesus. You've got to jump the hurdle. Maybe you trip and fall, but get back up and get in the race. Stay in the race. Stay focused. Keep your eyes on Him. Look what He did. You see, I serve a Savior that finished His race. I serve a Savior that accomplished His goals. He finished His, his race. And because He finished His race, I am in Him. Dave Smith went to Israel with us a couple, about three or four years ago. And he texted me just a, maybe a week ago. And he said, uh, Pastor Rich, 
I want you to know that I had been to that tomb, Jesus' tomb, before. That was my second time going. That was the first time he'd been to Israel. And he said this, the Bible teaches us and says that I died, we died in Christ, and we were buried with him, spiritually speaking, figuratively speaking. And so that's what he's talking about. He was buried with Christ 2,000 years ago when Jesus got up out of that grave and he's alive forevermore. I got up out of that grave too and my faith in Jesus Christ gives me eternal life. (coughs) Is that good news? You can't work your way to heaven. You're going to heaven because Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. He rose again the third day and you put your faith and trust in him and he'll give you eternal life. It's all about Jesus. He helps us along the way. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16 speaks of his ministry in our lives. He guides us. He blesses us. He helps us. He takes care of us. Now you think about it. This is Jesus. This is Jesus who went before us. He was born to an unwed mother. Now, we know the true story. We know what it was all about. But at that time, she was unwed. The people were, the talk about Mary and the talk about Jesus, it wasn't good. You and I both know people like to talk. Gossip. He was born in a stable. He was born to poor parents. They didn't have anything. They didn't have anything. He was, his life was threatened as a, as a baby. Herod, listen, he he wanted to find him, wanted to kill him. It was horrible. His birth caused terrible suffering. Herod had all the babies, two years old and under, killed. All the male babies, murdered. They go into the home of a person, take the baby out and kill it, trying to find Jesus to kill him. His life was not easy. The people around him's life wasn't easy. He was raised in Nazareth. That was, that's like living in Banning. Banning? What is, when I tell people where I live, I live in Palm Springs. I don't live in Palm Springs, but they, whoa, Palm Springs. No, I'm in Banning. You know, I'm in Banning. But by the way, this is what I like. I'm close to Palm Springs. I live in Banning. I'm close to Big Bear. I live in Banning. I'm close to San Diego. I can make day trips every I don't have to go stay in a hotel. I'd stay at home. Why well, pack a bag, a toothbrush, and everything else? And I know you probably don't take your toothbrush. You probably don't brush your teeth your whole vacation, but I do. But anyway, you know, we can stay here. We can do everything. We don't have to go. We can stay at home and listen, we got it all. He lived in Nazareth. Nazareth. What was it to do in Nazareth? Nothing. He lived there for 28 years. For us. You understand? He was living there planning to die for your sins and mine and the sins of the people in this world. That's what we get to tell them. Jesus loves you. He, his father died when he was young. We find that out in Matthew chapter 13. He had to support his family. Matthew chapter 13 again. He had no home himself, to, no place to lay his head when he got out of ministry. Matthew 8, 20 and Luke 9, 58. He was hated and opposed by others. 
Um, in, Mark, in, in Mark chapter 3 and verse 21, they accused him of being insane. When his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him, for they said, he is beside himself. He's out of his mind. Jesus is out of his mind. Those are his friends. Uh, Mark chapter 3, verse 22. Notice what the Bible says. And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub. And by the, the prince of the devils, by the prince of the devils he cast out demons. He casted out demons, and they said he was a demon. This is what they're saying about Jesus, our Savior. So when I consider Christ, do I think that when I'm criticized or people don't like me or something... Do, is that more than he endured? Consider him who endured it all. He endured, he, listen, Jesus in his three years of ministry on this earth endured much more persecution, difficulties than I'll ever face. So I look at 2021 and think, oh, it's not going to be there. I can't go out to eat. Oh, can you think, can you imagine God just saying, I feel so sorry for you, Pastor Rich. You can't go out to eat today at La Casita's and sit in the restaurant and have those wonderful warm chips and get that nice salad you like with that Diet Coke and then eat Olivia's french fries, which she gets because you love their french fries, but you're not supposed to order them, and you eat hers. You know, no. God's not, no, it's not easy. We can't go out to eat, we can't do things, but our lives, are you, is your life good? Well, that was a weak amen, you know, no, it's, we're all good. We got it. It's not perfect, but we got it. Much better. De Listen, he was, de he was opposed by his own family. Mark chapter 3, again, verse 21 and 22 speaks about and the, the, the opposition. He was rejected and opposed by many people, the people that came to hear him. He is betrayed by a close friend. He was left alone, rejected, and forsaken at all. When you go to Israel, you go down into this little area, this courtyard, Caiaphas Hall, and you walk down, and you see where they think Jesus was kept in this pit in the jail. It's a jail. It's down in this pit. They walk you down into this pit, and you're standing on the steps, and you gather around, and you say, this is where they think Jesus was. It's horrible. He did that, was humbled for me, for my sins, and for you, and for the sins of the world. And so let's consider, let's focus on him. He's done so much for us. He gave so much for us. And then the Bible says, because he's a winner, we're a winner. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. The Bible says, But thanks be to God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm already a victor. I'm on the winning team. You know, I'm thankful. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and verse 7, I have fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I have kept the faith. That was Paul's testimony. And so here we are, launching out. Let's consider him. 
Let's consider Christ. Let's lay aside everything that keeps us, the sin that easily besets us, and let us focus upon Jesus. Let's consider Him as we launch out this week, this next year. And make Jesus be glorified. The Bible says in, in uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, What shall we then say of these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? We got it. I got this. Say, I got this. No, he's got this. By the grace of God. You see, the world's looking at us. I'm, when I say the world, I'm talking about the people where you shop. The people that know you're a believer. Maybe your neighbor. And you know what? Let's just keep doing it. Let's keep living for God. Loving people. Praying for our country. Praying for, for peace in Jerusalem. Let's be kind, helpful. Be in the word of God. Be praying. Be reading the Bible. Be a witness. Pray for the church. Pray for the missionaries. Pray for the ministries of this church. As we launch out, we're going to consider Christ. And through that, through considering Christ, by the grace of God, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Don't, don't doubt. Oh, you get discouraged. Don't... Don't stay discouraged. God has given us the victory, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Father in heaven.